Hey there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, uh, first of all, the proviso that anything said here today is not meant to diagnose a disease or treat a condition. If you do have uh, conditions or need something treated, please, of course, uh, be sure to go to a professional. And if you are in an emergency situation, of course, please seek help. Um, so today we're going to talk about a gratitude practice. And this uh, overall is part of what I would call a happiness practice. And this notion of happiness as a practice, which is to say like um, an exercise practice or a nutrition practice or a religious practice or a meditation practice, uh, something that you do regularly, like daily, and that it is something that is done rather than something that is. So let's talk about happiness. What is happiness? Um, is happiness achieving all your goals? Is happiness getting all the things that you want in life? Having the things that you want to go well, to go well? Or is it something else? And a very wise person, I think her name is Rinpoche Joan Halifax. I think I'm getting it right. She is a meditation teacher and a Buddhist a spiritual person, she said something like, and I believe I've quoted this before, uh, happiness is the world, is how things are, without my judgments upon them. And I think this is a very challenging uh, expression because for me, I keep thinking, okay, happiness, this is desirable, which I think is a key word. Happiness, this is something that I want or a state that I want, but often something, uh, you know, a job or uh, something, a house, a car, uh, a promotion at work, something going on with your kids, something going on with you or your partner. But what this quote is saying to me, which was such a challenge, such an offense, I'll use that term in the Kierkegaardian sense to reason, is the notion that happiness is already there, that it comes uh, <laughs> pre-installed, to use a terrible analogy. It's not something you have to add in later. Uh, but what is added in later is our experience. And being human beings, being mammals, being animals, we have parts of our brain that are very good at keeping us safe and at taking care of us. Uh, some of this is learning. Some of this is learning from bad experiences. Some of this is learning uh, and activating our fight, flight, or freeze centers of our brain, also known as part of the amygdala. And so we learn as people, as human beings, everything that we do uh, from the time we were born, perhaps before, is about learning new experiences. But what's interesting from an evolutionary standpoint is that mm, what has been most productive has been to send us out into the world, to have us learn, to have us spot danger, spot negative things, and then to pass our genes on. That keeps us um, safe enough for long enough that we can do what we need to do, which is pass on our genes. Um, and that's a wonderful thing. I'm very grateful for that. There's approaching about 8 billion of us soon. Um, but 
that is not necessarily a recipe for happiness, which is to say our thinking brain, our reactive brain, our processing brain, our monkey mind, some might call it, has what psychologists and researchers refer to as a negative brain bias, which is we tend to remember and notice the negative things, the dangers, the parts where we felt uncomfortable or unsafe, the negative comment, uh, the quote unquote constructive criticism. So what's missed in all of that? And I would say almost everything else. So one way of saying this is the entire world is full of non-threatening things, positive things, uh, neutral things, just not negative things. But what do you think our brain goes for? Of course, it's programmed to go for the negative. Is that car coming down the street gonna run me over? Uh, do I smell gas from the pilot light? Did I, I don't know, leave the car door open? Did I forget to, uh, I don't know, change the, the washer uh, into the dryer? These are all potential, some are large, some are small, negative consequences. And that's what my brain is going to hold on to. One way of thinking about the negative brain bias is we're taking in all of these things, all of experience in the moment, and what we're doing is we're filtering out the, the, the positive things. We're just not seeing them, or they have a very short half-life, and the neutral things, we are not seeing them, which is to say they're not registering. They're just passing through us like a sieve. It's water that just flows through us. But what does stick with us, what stays behind the dam, is the negative stuff. Something negative that was said, something you did that was embarrassing, some uh, time when you felt unsafe. And of course with trauma, trauma is another word for negative things, there's even such a, a thing as trauma that stays stuck with us. So you can have gone through a very negative event in your childhood or in your youth, you could have gone through a flood or something life-threatening or seen some kind of violence or been in a war. And if it stays with you persistently, you can have post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. And the, this is for people who go through extreme events, but I think it's true for all of us. Any kind of negativity is going to stay. And with that kind of trauma, what I mean by stay is it stays present. It's almost as if it doesn't go to the past. It doesn't, um, it doesn't co coalesce into a memory. I'm not thinking back on that time. I don't know, some, I was almost hit by a car, say. I'm experiencing it in the moment. Every time I'm crossing the street, I'm getting palpitations. My body's reacting. I'm getting a cold sweat. I'm starting to feel dizzy. I'm looking up and down the road. And I'm starting to get negative associations. So. This is a wonderful thing that our brain does for us. It means that I'm not going to get a close call with a car, hopefully again, but it is a case of the old expression, closing the barn door after the horses have already run free. And in some cases, post-traumatic stress disorder or other forms of reactions to trauma in this negative brain bias, where the brain's looking for the danger, we're continually slamming the door. We're slamming the door resoundingly, and we're slamming the door very, very hard long after the thing happened. Maybe I almost got hit by a car when I was 20 years ago, or, or when I was a little kid, and I'm still wary of the danger. 
you might say that's sensible, and of course it is sensible. You might say that's learning, and of course it's learning. But it isn't necessarily a good way to feel happy, a good way to feel calm. Um, it's a good way, if you're worried about the future, to feel anxious and to feel anxiety. Um, and you'll notice for people who experience a panic attack, um, it's almost as if that fear uh, of the moment and that worry and that traumatic reaction just becomes free-floating. You get an impending sense of doom. You're hyperventilating. You're reacting as if something terrible is happening or is going to happen when it's not necessarily adhering to any, quote, real thing out there in the world. And also with depression, depression can be present feelings, both of the negative brain bias, where we've learned so well to see the, the non-good, to see the bad out there in the world. Someone gives you a present, oh, but it's something's wrong with it. Oh, they didn't do this. Oh, they didn't really something else with that. Um, and depression can be this mm, rumination over past events, finding uh, the faults out there in the world, and finding the fault inside. So I think this is part of what the quote, happiness is things as they are, without my judgments upon them. So in this idea, judgment is what our brain is doing with things. We're constantly evaluating. We're constantly seeing, is it a negative threat? Is it a neutral thing? Therefore, ignore it. Is it a positive thing? Therefore, ignore it. And so to reverse this trend, the road to happiness and to okayness and to well-being is to actually turn it around, to quiet down the negative brain bias, to be intentional, to understand it's there, to be understanding with it. You know, you're not abusing yourself because your brain is this way, to honor it. At the same time, you turn up, turn up the mic on the positive. Really find those things that are good in your life. And there's a gratitude practice uh, that, that's part of the happiness practice, which I'll talk about a little bit more in my next conversation with you. And of course, even to also turn up the neutral and this challenging notion that, um, that happiness is, is everything without my judgment upon it. We'll talk more about that soon. So be well, take care.